Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's show, we're going to be talking about the unfortunate decision by U.S. soccer uh, in regards to the spy gate, as we like to call it, from the Orlando City match uh, last week. And also, of course, we're going to be discussing the game that just ended a couple hours ago that Sharon unfortunately got the chance to go to, although it was a bit rainy, but one of those matches that I think, you know, it's well worth being out there in the rain because, you know, we had a lot of goals and it could have been just as we said with Ludon, it could have been probably like six or seven zero in this one as well. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Sharon Jared. First, let's go over to Sharon, who has just uh, gotten back to her home. We're glad you're back. Made it safe. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Just a little tired. You know, I did something real special last night with a bunch of other people. And so, you know, of course, those sorts of activities when you host a giant concert for the entire community um, with a handful of other people, of uh, other volunteers, it kind of wipes you out. So I'm a little wiped out. And then sitting in the stands today in the very beginning. Wow, what an experience. You know, yeah, I had people like Jane and Scott Walker who could have cared less. Jane showed up in shorts, right? And, and you know, they don't care about the weather. And I'm just sitting there really complaining about the rain. And I was drenched. I was cold. My hands were cold. I had gotten soaked. <laughs> you know, here the, the walkers come popping in. It's like, yeah, today's a good day. La, la, la. I'm in my shorts. And it's like, oh, you're crazy. But then I have to remember that, you know, Jane, they grew up on the East Coast. So maybe this was no nothing major for them kind of funny um so yeah so i'm doing okay and uh looking forward to talking a little bit about um the match jared oh today is just so so fantastic i mean first of all my jets won i mean we we won it uh against the browns 31 to 30 so that's always you know excellent to hear and then practically immediately after that the republic fc put out a uh, fantastic match against Orange County. Something we've never seen in this series because they have always been so close. So definitely a great match and we'll definitely be talking about, about that. And, and of course also the uh, recent findings uh, from the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to keep it clean though. But I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh yeah. How about you, Luis? <laughs> um, I'm doing good. 4-0 win was awesome by our team and it just puts us that much closer to uh, having that, you know, a uh, home playoff match that I know I keep talking about every week, but we all want to be <laughs> watching a playoff game at home because it's been a while. And I think the team this season has been very well deserving of actually, you know, hosting at least one playoff match. And then on another topic, Rasul actually also won. So, Jared, I share your same feeling about other teams of ours actually getting a win. And it was a really critical win in our journey to hopefully playoffs. So, one more week of games uh, in Liga Mekis for us, and then we'll find out if uh, we manage to, to get that playoff ticket. But yeah, other than that, uh, let's go ahead then and get started with Golazos of Gratitude. And Sharon, you know I got to go with you first because you were there at the stadium. Give us your Golazos of Gratitude. Oh, my goodness. So, boy, I think I'm going to name, this is going to be really obscure, a woman named Diana, who's part of the security, who basically gave me a, uh, what do you call one of those emergency ponchos? <laughs> and that, you know, aside from the Malik Foster, who ended up with a brace, you know, I'd love to thank him for all of that. And, you know, thank Keko for her performance, a great performance. Same with Roro and Dami and, you know, of course, Danny Videolo and everybody else. But it just, it's got to go out to Diana who gave me an emergency poncho because I was like soaked and freezing and that really helped. <laughs> so I, I could go on about a lot of other golazos of gratitude from last night and this past week, but I'm just going to leave it at Diana. Make it short and sweet. Thank you, Diana, for the emergency poncho. Well, that's really great. I'm glad that, you know, she was there for you and, you know, you told us about how Bad it was raining at the beginning of the match. So I'm glad that, you know, they had those handy, which I think they always should, especially moving forward now, since I guess, you know, we're finally going to get some much needed rain. <laughs> so those were not to be given out to fans, mind you. Those were for the staff. 
And I, she just happened to see how miserable I was. And I was trying to duck in under the cover of something. And she, she calls over somebody else and she goes, here, take this. And I quickly shoved it in my pocket. She goes, no, for you, it's okay. You don't have to hide it kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So yeah, no, they were not handing those out willy nilly. Trust me. Although Tim Stallings did hand out uh, one to Jane or three to Jane for her family because he realized that they kind of came ill-prepared. So, you know, Tim gets, I think, an equivalent golazo of gratitude for stepping up and realizing that there were many people today that were uh, not covered up appropriately. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you know what? One last golazo of gratitude, Connor Sutton who is out there in the thinnest of clothing, right? He just had on a zippy, you know, tracksuit top and his regular khakis. And the dude managed, I mean, he did everything, all the pregame announcing in the pouring rain, you know, everything, all, all the stuff he was supposed to do, didn't even flinch. He was out there just like the players in the elements doing all of his stuff along with all the other staff. They did not shirk their duties because it was dumping rain on them. So, you know, Real thankful to see the show goes on, except for the ESPN camera operator who was snuck up underneath the uh, awning of the um, control booth, uh, whatchamacallit, the broadcast booth up top. You could tell by the poles that got in the way of the initial part of the broadcast. He was hiding from the rain, or she, or whatever. Um, it made it for kind of a lousy broadcast, but I think they fixed that after a while. Okay, that's it. I'm enough. I could just blather on, and I realize that we're trying to keep these podcasts a lot shorter. So shush, Sharon, and step up, Jared. Finish. Take it away. All right. Well, I, this is going to go on a little personal uh, note. So if it's TMI for some folks, I do apologize. But you know, I just I just have to show some gratitude. Just following up on, on last week's episode, which uh, to me personally, I didn't want to listen to you know for for numerous reasons. But having a discussion with uh, my in laws. Um, they, you know, kind of talked me into scheduling an exam. So, so um, we, we can kind of figure what kind of exam. So they helped uh, alleviate uh, some of my fears and questions. So, and I actually got the consultation uh, to get it to, uh, this past Saturday. So uh, November 18th, I actually have uh, that exam uh, scheduled. So I, I figured, you know, I should be open about it. I, I know some folks may not really want to talk about it, but I mean, this is this is overdue, but uh, with uh, what we've seen over over the past couple of weeks, I mean, this kind of shook me to my core. But uh, it, it's got to be looked at. So, thank you very much uh, to my uh, in laws, Nick and Carrie, and then also to uh, the facility I, I went to, actually not far from from here. And of course, afterwards, I was able to pop over to Sonic and get a little comfort food. You know, some of the uh, one dollar uh, little cheese sandwiches and the uh, Fritos chili cheese wrap. So, glasses of gratitude to Sonic for uh, helping me calm my, uh, calm my nerves and stomach afterwards. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's what I've got for for right now. Uh, how about you, Luis? Well, I hope all is well, Jared. Um, you know, we wish you the best uh, when you get that done um, here in a couple of months. And and Sharon, I think in my eyes, you'll always be a Sac Republic staffer. I don't care if you're not working for them anymore. I mean, you you were there since the beginning, so I feel like any special treatment, right, you deserve it, too, for all the years you were with them. But uh, for Michael, also gratitude, actually, it actually goes out to Sharon and to all the fans who stayed at the game because it's never easy to stay at a game when it's downpouring. And I know, Sharon, you mentioned uh, just how much it was raining there at the beginning of the match and you know, just major colossal gratitude to all them for sticking through, you know, knowing that you know, the rain could have kept on going, right? No one knows, you know, when it'll stop. And so I think just, you know, big gratitude to all the fans who in general always stay watching a game, regardless of, you know, whatever climate we get thrown at, because there's been all kinds of crazy weather at Harkel Park throughout the years. So yeah, that's that's my gloss of gratitude there. And then, of course, also to the team for giving us a really good performance today and you know, we mentioned it before, Orange County was not a team that we had previously beaten by a lot of goals. And I don't know if maybe we jinxed that <laughs> in, in saying that, but they gave them a heck of a match in that first half and they kept on going, right? We got the red card for Orange County and Malik managed to get another one. 
there were more opportunities, right, as we'll look at the stats later on. But just a big loss of gratitude for the team to just, you know, for just keep on going, doing all their best and making sure that, you know, we got this really much needed win for us um, because, again, we're that much more closer to uh, not just playoffs because I think at this point we've we've clinched it pretty much, but actually allowing us to watch a match late October at home in the playoffs. All right. Well, yeah, let's go on to our next topic. And this is something that uh, I got to give a colossal gratitude. Actually, I didn't mention it before, but to uh, William Lamb, he actually sent me a message early Saturday morning, uh, letting me know about this news that had just broken uh, in terms of the U.S. Soccer Federation um, decision on how they were going to find Orlando City, right, in their investigation of whether they had actually spied or not. And much to our surprise, right, the fine was actually, as they quote, in the low four figures, which a lot of us had a big issue with that because MLS teams have big budgets, right, low four figures. That is not going to hurt them at all. I mean, I'm sure they spend more money on getting lunch for all the players. Yes. <laughs> than, than they yes. do with the fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And somebody brought it up, whether it was you, Luis, or Jared, or somebody else in our chat, that we spent at some of us spent low to mid four figures just going to Orlando. So it was a slap in our face to say that that literally the fine against them was less than what many of us spent to get to Orlando. And that just blows. It should have been far greater. They should have they should have comped all the fans from Sacramento that, you know, they should have comped us. Right. You know, something. Well, that was. That was actually Rave Bear that mentioned that uh, yeah. first, but but it does make sense now, you know, for for a lot of us. I mean, especially uh, those that fly out of Sacramento, which is not exactly a major hub, so the cost is going to be more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's hard to anything. Orlando could probably make that up in one match uh, through their uh, food concessions and their drinking sessions. So it's that's like, it, one one single concession, like one station. You can make that up because you you look at a food truck here. One food truck on a busy night can rake in anywhere between fifteen and three thousand net on a busy mm-hmm. night. So exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. and really, with such a light a light fine, all that's going to do now is it's going to encourage more clubs to surreptitiously start spying because they know that if they get caught, they're just going to have to pay a small fine. It may not right. necessarily work for the smaller clubs because obviously their budget is going to be a lot smaller. But you figure any MLS club now, they're just going to start doing it and exactly not, not even not even you know like hide it. You know they'll just be so, straight away with it because they're just going so, to get slapped on the wrist. What Luis is showing us in the background was the long distance that somebody would have had to have made from Exploria Stadium all the way up to where our team was training. And it's, it's quite a hike. It's a 35 minute drive out of their way. So I think that is salt in the wounds, you know, and, and points to intent that they were intent on doing something like this, even though it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, honest to God, we had them on the ropes. They couldn't figure us out for many, many minutes. And then, um, and then, and then it didn't happen. But I kind of don't want to dwell too much on this because, Luis, honestly, there's nothing we can do to change it. We can express our frustration, and a lot of people are frustrated. But what are your thoughts, Luis? So uh, we had an interesting little uh, back and forth with Eddie, who you know we had on the podcast here from the Orlando Lions Den podcast. And got to say, he was the only really civil individual to actually have a decent conversation with. And that's why you know I didn't even bother responding to a lot of Orlando fans who were just, you know, really quick to defend what had happened, right? And they went on our tweet, of course, mm-hmm. and did a lot of back and forth there between themselves. But my thing is that I'm not saying that we should be given the trophy because of it. I'm not saying that we lost because of it, because I do think that Orlando beat us fair and square, right? I mean, they beat us, not complaining about that. Had this not happened, they probably still would have won. I'm not saying that this influenced the result in any given way, right? But my situation here, right, is that you just mentioned it right now, uh, where we uh, actually trained at Central Winds Park is a bit out of the reach, right, for someone in Orlando. And 
what really frustrated me at the fact is that the person who was working for Orlando City that went to this place where we were training at, they were supposedly going to be meeting with a friend, right? And they were observing our training as they were apparently waiting for this friend of theirs. And some of our staff had to go as far as actually parking two vans in front of this individual, right? So they wouldn't be with the training. And they actually did not pay attention to them, right? Where they kept insisting, as they mentioned in the article, over a period of 30 to 45 minutes to, you know, just leave the area or leave at least the observing view. And they decided instead to move to another place where the vans weren't at to continue to view, right? It's that persistence of like, hey, you're being told to do something. You're not doing it. That is what I want the team to be fined for and a lot more right than they were fined regardless of whether they were spying or not they were there they were making a motion as if they were spying and you know if you don't want anyone to be suspicious of you then you shouldn't be there especially if that's an organization that you're representing and if it is a friend that they were indeed trying to meet with i'm sure they could have met somewhere else or they could have met at a different field, I don't know, but it's just so suspicious that you would have someone right there exactly where the team is training at, right? Unless his friend was a Sacramento friend, I don't really see, you know, how those two can can go along with each other, right? And so that that is what I think is the most just ridiculous thing is that it was just really coincidental that, you know, he had to meet a friend there on that given day, knowing that you know, the team that he works with is actually going to be playing against the team that is there. I don't know. It just all seems really weird to me. Yeah. Like Sharon said, there was really not much we can do a whole lot of. I mean, we'll have to revisit this uh, once it comes time for the Open Cup next year, and we'll definitely see what uh, any security uh, proposals uh, take place next year as far as this goes. But uh, what else? What I want to do is get back into the positive things. So let's go ahead and get into <laughs> earlier today's match. I mean, I cannot wait to get, get into this. Moving on, like you said, to something positive today, because today we did actually see a really amazing win, 4-0 against an Orange County that, you know, I, I think that they kind of showed why they were in last place. But as I mentioned before, I was expecting a team that would actually be a little bit more stronger, right? Given the fact that, this was kind of their last shot at actually having a chance of maybe managing to get a playoff ticket, right? Being in the position that, that they were in. But after today's match, I mean, I think we can all say that, you know, they're officially out of uh, playoff territory. But starting off uh, with the match, uh, Sharon would actually be really happy about this one. And I'm sure, I don't know if you remembered at the time, Sharon, as you were watching this first goal, but... Your guy, Dami Viader, who you said would score the first goal for our contest, actually scored the first goal. But I, I want to also hear, since you were there at the stadium, Sharon, and I don't know if Jared noticed it as well, but or initially as the game was going on, the linesman was actually uh, motioning to move the flag up, right, as the play was happening. And then he quickly realized, like, why am I doing this? And I don't know if his brain played tricks with them, like we were mentioning earlier, but um all the oc players basically just got frozen right because they saw the flag up or slightly go up and then they stopped but dami you know played didn't care what was going on because the ref hadn't actually whistled anything so it's not really our situation right but what was going on there at the stadium did you even notice that and how were things like um, yeah, no, nobody really noticed the the flag situation. It was a, a tough one, but we did notice the conversation between the uh, referee and the AR happened right away. And then we were given he, uh, the referee gestured that it was in fact a goal. So we, you know, we just went on. Okay, cool, cool. You know, because we saw the goal happen and everybody was excited for the goal. Yeah, it ticked off the the OC players, but you know, we were just happy. We knew this was going to be, it's going to feel like, and I hate to always refer to this, the Portland under 23s. <laughs> so I just, it literally was feeling like that today. So, mm. you know, once that goal happened and it was Dami and then, you know, when, in our chat, we, you made sure that I knew that, um, that I had gotten a point because that's who I picked, even though I'd forgotten that I'd picked him, <laughs> um, probably because I was cold and it was wet, um, 
anyhow. So yeah, no, there, it was just great to have the referee signal goal scored. So not much to, not much to belabor here. It was just fabulous, nice crossing goal. Um, you know, Spanish connection was alive and well. Uh, it was just like I mentioned in our chat after further review, we still don't have the AR. So just give the goal to Sacramento. <laughs> Thank you. The fact that there's no VAR, right. But, uh, you know, I, I do feel bad for them, right? Because I know we would be really mad if it would have been the other way around. But, you know, these weird situations happen. I've never seen a linesman ever do that. But luckily, though, Damia was right there. As I mentioned, he continued to play. He was, you know, in the right spot. And I, I mean, I want to venture out to say that even if the players hadn't actually stayed still, Damia was already actually moving straight to goal. I think he might even still get the goal, honestly. Uh, for, if you guys look at, well, at hey, the replay, you know, it just shows Orange County's lack of professionalism, seriously, because you're supposed to play to the whistle. The whistle had not been blown. So you play to the whistle. And, you know, that's just that's just Portland under 23 right there. You know, lack of experience, lack of whatever. Always play to the whistle. Brilliant lesson for everybody in soccer. Our team, their team, the whole entire USL championship. I don't care who you are. Play to the whistle. That's what we've all been taught. It didn't happen to Orange County, idiots. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't happen. And, you know, we, we let's took talk about the next goal. The next goal is brilliant. Let's go. So the next goal, I, I got to give really credit to Keko, right? I mean, he broke the offside trap and it's never easy to do so, right? But he was in the right position. He puts it just perfectly to Rodrigo Lopez, who we know has excellent vision. And he pulls a shot that I, I don't know what you guys thought, but when I first saw him pull a shot, I was a little scared it was going to go out, right? Because it seemed like a really like high shot, but that was just an excellently put shot because it went right as it should have gone as uh, it was getting near the goal net. It went down. I mean, that looked like a rocket going up and down. What did you guys think? If it weren't for the fact that it was raining, I think if if the pitch was completely dry, mm. that uh, that ball would have had enough energy to bounce higher up and go above the goalpost. So that causes a gratitude, Mother Nature, for for softening the pitch a little bit. That appreciate you, but uh, yeah, with, with that pitch uh, somewhat wet or at least uh, in the mid, uh, that definitely killed some of the excess energy that the ball had. So the the rebound was just perfect, getting into the uh, the net from there. And uh, I think last time, if, if memory serves me correctly, the last time uh, Roro scored a goal from that far out, the opposition ended up folding uh, shortly later on, the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps FC2. So, I mean, if that's any indication, uh, rest in peace, Orange County. I mean, y'all had a good run. But, but in all seriousness, this is an amazing goal. Uh, what did you think, Sharon? No, no, it was an amazing goal. You know, what we were waiting for was the back of the net to get rattled, you know, because we saw the bounce and it was like, okay, where's the bounce? And then the minute you see, you know, the net rattle, it's like, okay, it's typical Roro. And so cool that, you know, Keko played a hand in that and he was leaning into the, um, not the offside trap, but he was leaning in at just the right moment. I mean, the man, let's face it. Keko is brilliant. He's played a lot of soccer at a very high level. He sees things differently. He's like Roro. You know, they each see the game so well and so differently. Again, it's we're playing Portland under 23s, but they were in <laughs> Orange County bodies, right? Yeah, that's how it felt like. I mean, I, I really thought that we were going to see a similar scoreline as that. We weren't that far off that, too, of course. Yeah. But I, like I said, I was shocked still at, at how easy it was to... Um, have opportunities against them and yeah again they were their last plays and all but still they have a strong team you know i just think that they i don't they just don't connect with each other well but yeah they don't have they don't have what we have we'll put it that way yeah they definitely don't and then they did lose a lot of players right after their championship run mm -hmm. so uh, you know it's it's tough you, you don't have a lot of psych republics that have a basically a brand new team and then you have good players on on the squad right so so moving on to uh, the, the next goal that was scored in the 28th minute, everyone's favorite, Malik Foster, gets another goal. And as we'll know here shortly, right, he gets a brace in this match. But Rodrigo Lopez, just excellent assist, right? 
and Malik is right there where he needs to be at to get his goal. He's got it. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, you know, the black, the backflip seals the deal <laughs> always with Malik, right? Um, what? Okay, so we figured he wasn't done. He was so good uh, today. He was so good that we figured, you know, easy he'll get um, a hat trick. And we were all cheering. I don't know if anybody could hear on the broadcast. Um, we want a hat trick. We want a hat trick to try to keep uh, Mark Briggs from subbing him out because we knew inevitably, you know, all, he would be subbed out. We knew which one, which players would or could be subbed out. So I don't, you know, we were expecting a hat trick. I'm sorry. Malik is just that good. We're just like, okay, he's got a brace. He'll go get a hat trick. Probably could have, but you know, it didn't fall his way. It's great. Great goal. The Maserati strikes again. I mean, he was just, you know, spe- a speed on a dime, just ma- managed to get the right place at the right time and just you know, knocked it in there. I mean, this is uh, footwork that we've needed for so long and he just takes advantage of it. I mean, not just the speed, but the, but the uh, acumen to get to where he needs to be. And then, of course, you know, when he does his flip, you know the game's going to be over. Yeah, his now famous celebration with the flip. But yeah, the, the guy is just so awesome at how he reads the game and positions himself well. And we know he's got the speed along with that, too. So any opportunity he has, there's a pretty good chance he's going to take advantage of it, too. And I know in this match, as you mentioned, Sharon, you guys were asking for the hat trick and he could have gotten it right. He had a couple of good opportunities that could have led to the hat trick. But all in all, I mean, the guy scored his goals. He helped us, you know, get get two out of the four. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, who was extremely proud of the fact that and I every time Malik does beautiful things on the field, uh, our doctor of physical therapy, Katie Norton, is so proud of him for his uh, hard work to come back from all the injuries last season and, you know, the beginning knock that he got this season, he just has done so much to stay healthy and be healthy and earn the starting position. But she couldn't be more proud because she worked side by side with him in all of his recovery and therapy and everything to bring him, you know, like back. And you could just tell of all the people she was the most proud and the, the most, I don't know, it you could tell she had the warm fuzzy feelings when he scored his second goal. Just you could tell she was hugging, you know, the coach, and she had a a quiet hug on the sidelines and big smiles. And she she's she's amazing. Uh, our doctor of physical therapy for Sac Republic is amazing. Yeah, shout out to her. I mean, she's been with us already for a couple of years, but we all she's know been with us players. since day one. She's oh, a since day, day one too. Oh, day wow. one. She and Luke Rayfield nice. are day ones. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I even, you know, bigger gloss of gratitude to both of them for, uh, you know, being with the team for so long. But, you know, we, we've heard a lot of different stories from her along the years, right? I think most recent might be um, uh, Jaime Villarreal, right? Yes. Um, the, the, their story that they did as well. So, yeah, just nothing but just appreciation for all the work that they do. And it's never easy, right? Especially having to, um, you know, go through a long period of therapy, right, for a lot of the players who go through these uh, really terrible injuries that just cause them to miss so much, so much game time. Um, so moving forward to this next play before we get to the fourth goal, and that's the red card. <laughs> and I want to hear your thoughts, Sharon, because I think we actually think differently on this one, <laughs> because I, I think, in my opinion, that it was a red card, but I know you were telling us that you don't think it is. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your view on that. Well, I don't know what he was doing with his hands. The Orange County player, um, uh, it looked as though they got tangled up in feet, but I couldn't tell if he really, you know, was pulling or yanking or Malik. Whenever a player arches his back when they fall, um, that's a little bit of a um, indication that they're trying to draw the foul, you know, and so, um, so that. I don't want to say this about Malik, but um, it felt a little bit like over-dramatized. So that's why I was wondering if, you know, it really was a bookable offense. I don't know that I would have been as harsh to the player. I would have probably not been. 
um, yeah, maybe the foul would have been called and, uh, you know, they would have lined up for that goofy free kick that they left them all chuckling. And we all were laughing because we all were like, they're up to something we could see for the, when they did take that, cause it was indirect. And when they, when they did take the the kick, it was just like, what the heck are they thinking? Anyhow, uh, I know Luis, you disagree with me as far as, you know, the nature of, of the foul. I just don't think it was a, a red or a second yellow. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't like anything that was really like, uh, like a violent foul, right? I mean, we've seen some really nasty like tackles right on the last man, but I think just based on the rules of the sport, right? I mean, if, if it's a foul, you're the last man, it's going to be a red card, right? Until they change that, right? And they can actually let the ref say like, all right, it's up to your judgment. How bad was the foul if it was the last man? But I don't know if they're ever going to change that, right? Because it's always like, hey, well, Malik could have probably had a one-on-one opportunity and, and that and that. But I mean, I agree with you. It's not a harsh foul, but... I do think it's still a red card. If it if it's going to be a foul that's called on, it's got to be a red card. I think I would have been really disappointed if he would have just been, oh, it's a yellow or, oh, yeah. I mean, a yellow probably would have been the only other option. I don't see him not saying no card if it's going to be a foul. So Yeah, I got to lean with Sharon on this one. It's a, looked a little too, too sold. I mean, I know Malik is not one to just flop it and, in a lot of games, but I think this is, Probably one where he spotted an opportunity that maybe if he sells it a little bit, he might be able to, to get it going. And this is like the perfect opportunity because, I mean, one, you're coming up real quick to, to the penalty box. But it looks like that the Orange County player uh, got a little bit too early. But still, you know, yeah, Malik just sold that push a little bit to too much. I mean, it wasn't a straight up uh, old flop or anything like that. But just enough to make it look legit. So I don't know if this really would be a red card worthy, maybe yellow, but either way, it turned into, into our favor. So I can't really complain too terribly much about this. I do have to say, though, that I like that you two are opposing what I have to say, because it's always really nice when we don't agree on things and we can actually have uh, opposing views. Right. And don't feel bad. You know, this is why on this show we give our thoughts and sometimes, you know, we don't actually talk in favor of our own team, but we're just trying to be impartial here and let our fandom aside for just one second when we take a look at these plays. So it's good. So actually speaking on that foul that uh, we actually got after that red card, I know, Sharon, you you guys were saying that, you know, there's a bit of a chuckle after what was done, but I got to say, I actually really liked what they did. I've never seen... Any team do a foul like that, right? And, you know, I, I think it's something they should continue to do. Even, you know, if we're losing in a match, if the game is tied, I say, why not? Keep keep trying that because that was actually really clever of them to, to do that. And actually, as I mentioned that, I'm actually confusing my free kicks, actually. <laughs> I'm not talking about the one that was after the red card. It was a different one. I think that's the same one you're talking about, Sharon, right? The one where... Roro kind of gently rolled it over to Jack, who lifted the oh, ball. And then, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. So we were talking right. about a different free kick, but yes. I, I, I like that. I don't know what you guys thought about that one, but I was like, hey, these guys are thinking outside the box, literally, right? Both in the, in the field and, you know, and thinking and, <laughs> and all that. So it was great. Never seen that done ever before. So moving on to uh, the next goal that happened right before we were uh, headed on to uh, the second half, Malik Foster, again, we mentioned in the first goal, being in the right spot. Well, in his brace, he was there in the right spot to just uh, hit the ball in. Great assistance by uh, Dami, who saw him open, knew that he had to pass the ball to him and that he would have a clear shot at goal. and. Malik doing what he does best, right? Finishing those plays and getting his brace. And I was hoping he would do the other celebration he did after he scored the PK against Sporting Kansas City, which is the, you know, I put them to sleep. But maybe that would have been a little bit more uh, offensive to the OC players, right? But I was kind of waiting for that moment, right? Because he did the other one with the 4-0. He kind of put them to sleep too. But I guess, you know, he didn't want to, use it in this occasion. 
All I gotta say is thank you for coming back. The dentist is in (laughs) Dr. Malik Foster, DMD. I mean, that was just once again, he's in the right spot at the right time, just uh, tops it right, right in, and boom, we're up for nothing. I like that. And that's a new nickname for <laughs> Malik DMD, Dr. Malik Foster. Yeah, that would be that'd be a good a good name for him. Well, you said DMD, right? Or DMF? Uh, DMD. Uh, it's basically a play off of uh, AEW wrestler, uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, okay. She's from Pittsburgh. And aside from wrestling, she actually does have a, a, a dental practice uh, in the area. And, you know, so that's where that comes in. The fact that she's a dentist. Uh, Malik Foster got the brace, brace being a dentifrice. So it, it all comes together. Okay. I was like, all right, wait, did I just say DMD? All right. Uh, well, that was the first half, 4 0. Second half, we didn't get to score more goals, but we did have plenty of opportunities, including uh, a post shot as well, right? That should have been the 5 0. As I mentioned, Malik had a couple other ones that could have um, gotten his hat trick, but. At the end of the day, we know we know it, right? We saw it with the Portland Timbers under 23. After you get to a certain score line, I guess the motivation maybe isn't there to continue to score, right? Of course, you're still gonna have opportunities, but that intensity is a you know obviously not there, right? Because we don't have a high necessity to you know make sure that the score line continues to go up, especially when the other team had a red card already, right? Well, what did you observe there at the stadium, Sharon, in the second half? Um I observe Portland under 23s. Sorry, I keep going back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, You know, it's just so hard for, uh, you know, a team. They did make a couple attempts to, um, you know, get numbers up and and try to run at us. But, um, okay, so my whole thought, once we went a man up, right, and they were a man down, we were actually yelling at Mark to help the players stay focused and to stay crisp and not to get lackadaisical. Cause the minute you get lackadaisical, the minute you think you have the, the match in hand is exactly when a team is going to, you know, counter and come at you and make you pay. So um, he kind of got under the guys, um, you know, kind of encouraged them to really go hard and to keep, passing the ball and being crisp with their passing and to do things a little more quickly and not stand on the ball. You know what I, you know, my pet peeve is don't stand on the ball. Right. And I think that is also one of Mark's pet peeves, but sometimes players get lackadaisical and they do that. Now, bright spot later in the game, Tiago, Tiago Suarez almost getting Mm -hmm. that uh, header. It was denied by the post, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, overall, Hey, we we played a team that was kind of decimated in a way. So there you go. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because when he got subbed in, he did a good job. And it's good that coach gave him the opportunity in a game where you're already winning 4-0. You know, let some of the academy guys get, get some minutes too. And yeah, I was really sad he didn't get that goal. I mean, how great would have been for him to have gotten that goal, right? Boost his confidence and possibly even earn him a, a position in the starting 11 for next season, right? I think he'll eventually be there. If he sticks around with Sacramento, I could see Thiago actually being in the starting 11, just like Hayden, right, managed to get win a spot back when he was around, so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was great that uh, Coach gave him some minutes. I mean, because, right, granted, there, there's a whole switch of between the A squad and the rotation squad. But this is the first match in a while that's really there could be an amalgamation of, of the two. But uh, you know, g- giving some of the the, bi- the bigger names a rest and letting Tiago you know get his time to shine, especially with that shot off the post. I mean, that's that's all the more to build on. So, so that's definitely great that Tiago's get, getting some time on on the big matches. Yeah, I mean, this is just amazing. And, and as far as the scoreline, I mean, just like with Portland Timbers uh, under twenty three. I was I was afraid that if the score gets uh, any higher, I mean, it was already a battle trying to get this uh, broadcast set up either on ESPN2, is it on ESPN Plus still? If the score got any bigger, they were just going to move the stream over to OnlyFans at that point if, if, if goal five, goal six, goal seven started to hit. It was certainly a game, I think, to remember. And I mean, anytime we score four goals or more, 
we instantly have these games in our memory for years to come, right? Because it's kind of tough to not remember that. And that's why we keep mentioning Portland Timbers under 23 and Sharon, thanks to you. I think this podcast title might actually be somewhere along the lines of like the Portland and orange, probably <laughs> somewhere around there. Oh my God. You mentioned multiple times. So funny. You would re- remind me about orange. How many of you were thinking Halloween or candy corn when you were watching this match? <laughs> I wasn't Seriously. thinking about it. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. No, it makes sense. now. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that, that all we needed was yellow. And then we noticed that their keeper had yellow on. It's like, okay, we got yellow. We got candy corn. We got Halloween. Um, and then we just, we took it down the tubes, you know, we making all these analogies about, um, did you guys see the ghosts come on the field? The two ghosts, the sacks, the paper sacks or the plastic sacks that blew onto the field. Did you guys see those? I did. Oh, no. I did. I did. So we had I, I Halloween, yeah, Halloween candy corn and ghosts. So it's definitely a, a pre Halloween match. <laughs> All right. Interesting. And then, of course, you had the rain as well, right? We all remember Halloweens that have been filled with rain and we're still out there doing trick-or-treating and all that. So, yeah, you had it all. Some wind maybe, too, to add to suspense. <laughs> we could have had, I mean, it was a horror story for Orange County, though. So, for them, it was a Halloween movie. <laughs> it was definitely a horror story for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just the four zero, but the red card. Like, it, it oh just, my god, everything went went against them. And then yeah. the, the the flag, the half flag. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel bad for them too. I feel like you know, it's like, oh, that's that sucks. I mean, I, I can imagine how pissed off their fans are. Yeah, yes, yeah, it definitely felt like the purge yeah, for them. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait a minute, I thought, do they have fans? I thought, do they have three? Wait a minute, who was it that said they actually do have a hundred fans? Wait. Is it a hundred? No. Oh, who said that? I wonder. Um, do they have fans? They I mean, do they have to match? Yeah. I mean, do they I, have? I know they make. I know they make a good presence at home, of course. But uh, as far as at Heart Health Park, I. No, no, no. But at home, I mean, like, are there very many people that show up for these matches? Yeah, I mean, the one I went to, and it was uh, not quite a sellout, but there was definitely a lot of uh, Orange County fans that were out there. I mean, we we okay. had. Uh, some okay, I'll eat, out there, so. I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words. Words are words are eaten at the moment. I, I don't know the, the the game I went. The, I probably counted like ten fans that were actually wearing a jersey. The rest of them just seemed like they were just you know out trying to find something to do, uh, right at a not so busy Saturday night in Irvine. <laughs> um, but but they they could use more fans. So I know we, we like to joke around with that and whatnot, and no disrespect to them, right? But I just think that. They might not be in the right area of Southern California. I've said it repeatedly. They could probably be somewhere else and maybe they might uh, pull in more fans. But it's a shame because it is a good organization and, you know, they, they should get more support. And especially because they were champions last season. Right. So. Oh, like, my gosh. That's right. And we did love them last season. Trust me. We did. Yeah. We love the fact that they that they uh, that they won the championship. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good organization. And this is definitely a rough year with uh, some of the transactions that happened. And, of course, the City Council of Irvine uh, deciding at first that they were just going to give the venue away to LA Galaxy 2. And now they've kind of backed off on that by uh, giving Orange County SC uh, one more year at, at that venue. So it's it's been an up and down year for Orange County. So, I mean, I, I definitely uh, acknowledge that. But you would you would think there would be a little bit more fight, you know, in defending the, the, the cup because they've always been a handful for us. And I'm sure they, they have been for, for other teams, but just this season, it's, it's not the same orange County. And I'm a little bummed about that. Yeah. Which is really strange. I know new team and whatnot, but yeah, like you mentioned, they've always had competitive sites each season and it's, it's just kind of shocking because they, they got some good players too. It wasn't like they just, you know, didn't sign anyone that, had a name to them. Yeah, there's there's some players that could definitely be standouts of the whole entire league. So taking a look at, at the standings, because Yay. after a win, we just love to look at the standings even much more. <laughs> We're still sitting in fourth place, uh, 49 points now, 29 matches played. But the good news is that Colorado is still there, 51 points, one more game than we do. So if we win the next match, 
we claim third place and then we would actually just be three points away from San Diego. And that's what I keep saying. We play against San Diego in the last match. So if things keep going our way, we could actually be fighting for second place in the last match against San Diego. And, you know, keep on moving up because uh, as I keep repeatedly mentioning, the more points you have, the better. Because if we make the final, the grand finale, where we play against uh, the best of the East, you want to have as much points as possible because it's whoever got the most points that gets to host the final, right? Yep. And we would love a final in Sacramento. If it's not in Sacramento, I don't so, know. We, we might pull yeah. and, and move somewhere else and go watch the final there, but we'll see. <laughs> can you say the word? Can you say the word goal differential for me? Goal differential. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. We have a really good one, right? I mean, we've had a couple of really good wins, and this one, of course, 4 0 uh, helped us move with that. So we have a 14 goal differential, 43 goals scored, 29 goals against. Our numbers are looking pretty good offensive wise, right? And if, I don't know if you guys remember early on in the season, we were one of the teams that didn't score that much, right? And we didn't get that much scored on against. But the team has been improving. Game by game, getting more goals through. And, you know, I, I knew it. I mean, it was only a matter of time for the team to start scoring more goals because we had so many opportunities. So it wasn't a lack of chances. It was just we weren't getting the shots actually scored, right? So, Yeah, and these past two games, uh, we have actually outscored our opponents uh, by a score of 7 to nothing. I mean, we beat Loudon uh, 3-0. And then earlier today, today at the time of recording, we uh, beat... Uh, uh, we beat Orange County 4 0, so that's 7 nothing over the past couple matches. That's made a big difference in our goal differential because now we're the only the third team, third team in the Western Conference that has a goal differential in the double digits. Uh, Colorado, they, their goal differential is only six, yet they're uh, a couple points ahead of us. So if uh, Colorado ends up losing and we take the win next week, I mean, that's going to make the, the table look a little better, you know, having all the goal differentials down the line, you know, looking uh, perpendicular and whatnot. But, uh, you know, time will tell. We only have a couple matches left. I mean, we have uh, uh, San Antonio on the road. We also have against Phoenix and then Pittsburgh and then uh, San Diego. Yeah, so things are looking pretty good. And I think not just that, but the best news for us is that the teams below us are pretty far back that we can get into math mode. And I mean, I hope I'm not trying to jinx anything, but we are in playoff mode already, right? I mean, I know that you'll have people saying like, oh, but what if this team wins all their games? But you also got to consider that that team is going to play against other teams that are either right there in playoff right now, right? In the seven, six, fifth spot. So they're going to be fighting against each other to get those points. So, yeah, I mean, 49 points, it's got to get you playoff too. But the teams below us, New Mexico, they have 30 games played, 43 points. So six points behind us, right? But they do have one more game. Below them, El Paso, 31 games, right? Two more than we do. Also sitting at 43 points. And then in seventh, with the same amount of games that we do, is uh, RGB Toros with 39 points. So that's the team that you could probably compare it to us because we're even in games played. And that's a 10 point difference. There's 34 games in the season. So that means that we have 15 points remaining in dispute for us. So it just looks really highly likely that we got playoffs and, you know, no one's going to take that away from us. Even Oakland Root sitting in eighth place with 39 points and 30 games played. You know, they can only get 52 points if they win their four games, right? They got to go on a four-game winning streak, and they'll be in 52 points. Yeah, can we talk about Monterey Bay? Where did they come from? They end up beating uh, Indy 11 five to nothing, and that's with Indy having Solomon Asante, or handball wizard uh, in the lineup. I mean, look look at their, their goal differential now. I mean, it's only negative seven. It was in the double digits for the longest time. Not as bad as Atlanta United 2 or New York Red Bulls 2, but Monterey is coming up. There, I'll say it. There's a good chance that Monterey could march back and, and be a spoiler for the number seven spot. 
yeah, they've been really impressive. 28 games played, 38 points, sitting in ninth place too. So they get another win. They're going to go up to seventh place, right? Take over Oakland and RGB Toros, just go up in the table and they get another win. They're going to be able to apostle. I mean, th- this team is a team that could basically in two games move from being in ninth place to sixth place, just like that. And I really hope that they do make it. I mean, it's they've had a, such an amazing story this season, not starting good. And I think just showing teams, not just in this season, but in future seasons, that it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you end. And you might not have a good season um, in the first half of the year. But if you manage to pull some wins in the second half of the year, you could find yourself in playoff territory with not too bad numbers, right? Because they've actually won 12 games, tied two games, and lost 14 games, only two ties. That's why they're in the position they are right now. And I, I hope we see them in playoffs. And it'd be really great if Sacramento played against them so we can go to a playoff game if you know it gets to that point. Um, but they've always had really good games. So, you know, good for them. I'm glad another team from California is stepping up to make sure that we have more representation other than us in San Diego. Right. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that is like that. So good, good stuff from our team. We can't wait till next week when we actually travel down to San Antonio to play against them uh, in a game that, as we mentioned, really critical for us to get that third place spot and not just that, but to actually feel like we not only get playoffs, but also have the home ticket to actually host that first game. And of course, I think the biggest thing putting those things aside is beating San Antonio, right? I know you two would be really happy. I would be celebrating as if we won a title because we don't like him, right? We know our history with them. <laughs> so I mean, so, sorry, you know. sorry, Shannon. You know, we, we know you got to play for them, but uh, it's just like the just like the movie say, it's not personal. It's business. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who don't know, right? Yesterday they actually tied against New Mexico, one one at home. So there's a team that definitely is not 100 percent win all their games at home. New Mexico managed to pull a tie against them, right? And they're below us in the table. And not just that, but they're going to be playing again at home, but against Colorado on Tuesday, right? So they're going to be having maybe tired legs. Unfortunately, they're not traveling, right? But they're playing against a tough Colorado side that they know they got to get three points because we're right there trying to take over their spot. And so that's going to be an interesting match. And I don't know both of you, who you're going to be rooting for in that match. But I don't know. I don't know. Who, who are you two going to be rooting for in this Tuesday's game, San Antonio, Colorado? I'm really curious to hear. I'd actually just simply root for um, San Antonio so Colorado doesn't um, gain any points. Seriously. You know, what the heck? Um, San Antonio is already clinched. Might as well just let them, let them keep, you know, blown away at the top. You root for as much as I love guys on uh, on Colorado and, you know, Matt Mahoney and KB, I'd rather have San Antonio win this one so that we can get in some ground, whatever. Yep, same. I mean, as, as much as I'm not uh, liking that one particular player on San Antonio, <laughs> uh, our point situation uh, kind of needs them to beat Colorado. And, and then after our match, you know, if they beat Pittsburgh, you know, cool, whatever. but. When when we go into San Antonio next weekend, no, that 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 match is going to us. We're we're taking that one. I'm gonna actually say a different opinion on this too. I actually hope they tie, right? Notice that. And I'm trying to just give each one one point because we still have a game in hand, right, for Colorado. So if Colorado gets the win, 52 points, 31 games played, we still have six points. We could still be above them. And not just that, but in the event that San Antonio makes it to the grand finale against the East team. Well, the East team, Louisville, has 63 points, 30 games played. So I want to give Louisville a chance to hopefully get that overall first place so they don't get to host the grand finale. So I think that's where <laughs> that's where I'm looking at that. So we'll see what happens. But definitely, everyone, be tuning into that on Tuesday so we could see what form uh, San Antonio will be coming in on Saturday next week. Match is going to be at 5.30 p.m. 
only on ESPN Plus this time. Uh, but in the future, if it is on ESPN2, it seems like ESPN Plus does actually also um, uh, honor their USL League uh, rights, right? And also have the game there so we don't have to scramble trying to find ways to watch it on ESPN2, which isn't fun. You know, none of us like to go through all that when we already have ESPN Plus. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for us to take a look at the podcast winner dinner competition. And as I mentioned earlier, Sharon is probably the most happiest this time for us to <laughs> take a look at this because she did indeed get a point thanks to Dami. That was it, though. Just one point earned by her. We all said OC would be getting the first yellow card. We were wrong on this one. None of us got the point there. Um, so the standings are as follows. I have 16 points. Sharon has 12. Jared has 10. So Sharon is getting close. You know, one more game. You might be right there, Sharon. So awesome. things are getting pretty interesting on, on this front as well. And so let's go ahead and give our predictions for the game against San Antonio. So who'd you like go to first. go first? Oh, no, you, okay. you do. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll lead the way too, especially since I already had it all written down here. So mm-hmm. I say we get a tie one, one Jacker gets the first goal. If he doesn't see the minutes on the pitch, then Keiko gets the goal. First yellow card goes to Sacramento. Okay. I have San Antonio winning two to one. Unfortunately, a very unpopular, probably, you know, nobody likes me right now, but that's okay. I don't care. Um, I'm a realist, you know, Mm -hmm. considering that, um, well, actually they're not doing as well at home as they do on the road, but I'm still going to have them beating us two to one. And the first yellow goes to us, but the goal scorer is going to be Dami. And if he doesn't see the pitch, then Jack. Although I should say Malik Foster. Dang it. Hey, no, take that back. No, Jack. Yeah, take it back. Um, First goal scorer is going to be Dami. If he doesn't play, if they rest him, then I'm going going with – I'll go with Malik. I'm going to say this this is going to be a tough match. I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. And as far as our first uh, goal scorer, I want to say Malik, but if Malik doesn't get it, then somehow Jack sneaks in the sec- his second goal for it for the season. And first yellow card, I'm going to say San Antonio. Ooh, okay. That's interesting. Someone's going to get a point, right? As, as we know with this new yellow card rule, so. Yeah, someone. All right. Well, one uh, final reminder for everyone. If you have not visited our website, saxsoccerpod.com, then we invite you to do so. You can actually listen to the show, all of our episodes on there as an alternative to uh, actually listening on a podcast application as well. Uh, of course, also, we invite you to visit our social media pages at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us, a, give us a follow on all those two and find out anytime we post new episodes and also um, anything that is going on with the community in the soccer world and also um, any live shows that we do as well. So again, at State Republic 12 is where you can find us on most of the socials out there. Right, Sharon, Jared, last final parting words before we say goodnight. Wishing Lee Desmond a speedy recovery. Um, He's out for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. and we're holding him, all of us are holding him in our thoughts as he, um, you know, goes through getting his, you know, healing taken care of for a nagging little injury that he has. So, Go for it, Lee. Let's go. We're behind you 110%. And for any of the other guys dealing with uh, little scraggly injuries, you know, we're always supporting you, whether you are on the field, not on the field, in the lineup, not in the lineup. So take care, everybody. Go Republic. Yeah, we, we definitely wish uh, Lee, Desmond, and, and and the rest of the folks that, that are going through some nagging injuries, just like Sharon said, you know, speed recovery. We're still with you. Whether it's just uh, out for a match for the rest of the season, we've always got you in our hearts. Nothing but the best uh, for you. Can't, can't wait to see you on the pitch again. And if not, we still want to stay close to you as we can as fans. So big ups to, to all y'all and, and go Republic. Yeah, of course. Uh, I join you guys in wishing Lee the best. And you know, hopefully he can be back with us next season. Right? We understand he's probably going to have job offers as well from other clubs out there, but 
you know, we hope to see him again at Park Hall Park playing with us um, because he's been really fundamental in the defense. But I have no doubt that coach is working to find someone who can, you know, uh, take over his position in the time being. And, you know, we, again, we have really excellent staff who has taken really good care, as we mentioned earlier in the yeah. show. So um, I'm glad he's in really good hands. Um, and, you know, Duke has really stepped up this this last match. I know we're parting words and trying to keep it short, but we've already gone on way too long. <laughs> um, Duke did a really good job today. You guys, he didn't have any errors and did a really, really good job. So thank you, Duke, for stepping in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Duke. W- one last thing I forgot to mention, too, and I got to give a shout out to Jared here for letting us know earlier. Um, unfortunately, Rodrigo Lopez is going to be sitting out the next match. Because he just reached the uh, eleven yellow cards, so just just if you guys don't see him out there, because he might not make the trip with the team, maybe it's because of that. So it's you know, it, it sucks, but you know that's that's how the rules are, and luckily it's not a playoff game that we don't have him in. So at least you know there, there's that. So thanks, Jared, for letting us know. Yeah, and it's it's a similar situation for uh, Luis Felipe, although not as numerous. Uh, he is one yellow card away from his eighth, and if he does get a yellow card, if he plays on uh, this weekend against San Antonio, uh, he'll be out for the next game. So, crossing fingers, he doesn't get that yellow, but just to give folks a heads up, uh, what to look for, just in case. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic Podcast. Hear the music. So it's funny you, uh, oh, (laughs) I cannot believe whatever you just said, I had a comment on and it's going to get edited out, but I totally just forgot what the comment was. (laughs) This one goes in the bloopers, right? I'm assuming. I mean, when you say edited Uh, out, you mean. Yes, it has to go in the bloopers. Literally, the comment was right there. I hit the unmute and then it was gone. That's how that's how exhausted I am. Was it maybe something on on me saying that you're a, like a lifelong staffer? That's like no, no, no. It oh. probably was just me saying, you know, hey, dude. Well, I, maybe it is me saying, you know, thanks a lot for uh, um, acknowledging the people who stuck around. <laughs> no idea. That was very sweet of you, though. <laughs> it happens. Right. Eh? It, it, right. I think. The blooper I had last week was probably the most weirdest one we've ever had. I mean, I was listening back to it and I was like, what did I say? And I, I heard it. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I heard that blooper probably like 10 times because I really wanted to figure out, like, did I even say any words at all? And I I, I don't even know what language I spoke in. I feel like I maybe discovered a new language <laughs> and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's interesting what the brain does. I mean... Sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, we're little machines and, and then all of a sudden I feel like we're, if we are machines, somebody forgot to oil us, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Brains. It's just typical Roro. That's classic Roro. What he just, oh God, hang on. Bye. I mean, not bye, but I gotta go get my cat from jumping up on top of a halogen lamp. See you in a minute. I mean, I'll be back. Podcast cat giving us uh, some blooper or like post- <laughs> Not, not the yeah. not the most favorable kind for podcast cap, but yeah, of all, of all the toys that that uh, Pasha has, the halogen lamp is not going to be a good one. Yeah. Oh no, no, <laughs> don't get the cat anywhere near any sort of electricity out there. <laughs> uh, they're right. just burning. They're burning hot. Halogen lamps are super hot. And the yeah. idiot, if he jumped up on top of it, it's one of those torchier lamps. And I mean, that would have been pause singed. I mean, I, that would have been a vet, a trip to the vet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So he's in my hands right now, but he's probably not going to stay here because he's uh, very jealous when I'm not paying attention to him. And he does all the misbehaving that a two year old would do. So, um, yeah, but I still love him. He's a good boy. But it did. Oops, sorry, my cat. He's balancing on the back of the chair. He's now he's doing a kitty pull up. Oh, <laughs> you gotta take a video then. I wish I was quick. 
pause. <laughs> I wish Sounds... we could do that. I'm just picturing it too, like doing a, a cat doing a pull-up, <laughs> trying to get back well, to the desk. He had all four feet on the top rail of a chair, all four of them, and he couldn't hold his balance. And he was teetering, and then all of a sudden, he lost his balance. It's all that was left with his front paws, and he was dangling. Podcast cat is a reflection of what OC was today in the match. I <laughs> <laughs> all I need are clown shoes for my cat, and it would be perfect. <laughs> You got a minor cat that uh, refuses to miss leg day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, um, anyhow, getting back to the podcast. Pasha, Pasha, no. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Edit. Um, so, it, it was um, 